0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Nothing?
1: Nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing episode 97 presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio with Seb and had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the man with no nickname... Brian Malonis.
2: I don't know. Apparently, I do have a nickname. (laughs) If you go to Ring of Honor or ROHWrestling.com. The brand new ROHWrestling.com. Yes, featuring yours truly.
1: Yes, you are on the superstars page there now. I am. Fantastic.
2: Yes, and they refer to me as Mike? Yes. What do they refer to me as? The
1: Mammoth Brian Malonis. No, not the Mammoth.
2: Not the Mammoth. The Kingpin. You are? (laughs) (laughs) You're the
1: Kingpin, at least in the uh, online world.
2: According to ROHWrestling.com i am the kingpin <laughs> well, yes.
1: well i guess it's for the best because you've kind of scared everyone off from offering their suggestions why after last week we, you basically poo-pooed anything that came up and that was about it
2: well maybe people should submit uh, good suggestions <laughs> brian these are our people maybe they're your people (laughs) (laughs) you heard that riddle keo (laughs) my goodness all right
1: right, so you're the kingpin i guess for the moment anyway for the
2: the moment yeah that's what we said though for the moment i am the kingpin until you know can think of something good
1: and uh uh,
2: mike i'm also the proprietor proprietor of brian com. you are i am wow yeah
1: there's a whole lot of dot coms rolling around.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that'll take you right to my Pro Wrestling Tees store, which I didn't realize there was like a one to two week lead time to get designs approved. So as soon as that design is approved and up there, I'll be sharing the hell out of that link. So
1: most importantly for fans of this program, the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt is moving over to the Brian Malonis store on Pro Wrestling Tees, which can be accessed apparently through BrianMalonis.com.
2: Right. Exactly. Amazing.
1: Well, look forward to well,
2: that. I don't know. You're very busy, so you might take three months to get it uploaded.
1: Well, that's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll keep you informed here on the yes, podcast. Fe-
2: fetuses keep you very busy. They require, you know, the, the baby that is currently growing inside uh, your wife is going to keep you very busy.
1: Yeah, you we got to get stuff going. I got a new car, all sorts of things. I got to get to get my life
2: together, Brian. <laughs> I got a few months left. You talking, talking to the stomach yet, Mike? <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> no, 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 no shame in that. Hey, what's wrong with that? I'm not making fun of you for it. I, I did the same thing. Okay, well you gotta. Yeah, gotta say hello. <laughs> hello. I'm hoping you're putting uh, you know headphones on the stomach and playing this very podcast for the <laughs> child. <laughs> I mean,
1: why would I want to do that to the kid? Come on, it'd be the the first person in the family to listen.
2: (laughs) Not surprised. (laughs) Well, uh, don't worry. Only the Playboy does in my family, but nobody in my household has ever listened to a moment of the podcast. I guess it's for the best. Uh, (laughs) Probably. Well, some people listened last week to UnCivil War Two. What a dominating performance by myself.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say a dominating performance because, as it turns out, it wasn't quite a
2: debate. You can't can't even give me credit when when I just so rightfully deserve it. As predicted on this very show two weeks ago, I had Mike Mills so twisted and his brain was such a pretzel that he actually started arguing my side of the case for me. Well, 2 0. The Kingpin is 2 0.
1: Well, uh, Mike Mills officially did win round one, but the he did not. <laughs> the few votes that did come in, because most people, I think, said this isn't worthy of a vote because it's not really a
2: debate. <laughs> the few that did come
1: in, did come in on the side of Kingpin Brian Malonis. So I guess we can say congratulations. And,
2: and the rest buried you. Well, basically, <laughs> yes.
1: Glenn Abbott, ac- actually, yeah, at GA Wrestling on Twitter says, and the winner is Brian Malonis and Mike Mills. He said, no, actually Common Sense is the winner this week because uh, Brian and Mike realize it's Croc Sox stirring it. That's the loser.
2: Yeah, you've been you've been found, Mike. You've been you've been made. (laughs) The jig is is (laughs) up. You pitting me against everybody. Nobody's putting up with it anymore
1: regardless of whether it was a debate or not I think it was a great conversation about old school stuff versus new school stuff and uh, thank you once again to Mike Mills from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast one of our first compatriots in the podcasting world one of the first guys that uh, gave us a little uh,
2: rub gave us the rub yeah if you will (laughs)
1: so thanks again to Mike Mills put us over yes he always comes back and uh, does the show and uh, thank you once again to Mike Mills and uh, big show coming up Episode 100 is just like three weeks away. Crazy, huh? Can you believe it?
2: Can you believe, can you believe we've actually done a hundred episodes of this? I know it's it's amazing.
1: Like, and I couldn't tell you numbers. The, the you know when we did things, I, I, I listened to uh, our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast, and Joe's like, oh yeah, I think it was episode eleven. Like, how do you know what episode you talked about? Like stampede wrestling.
2: Yeah, my memory. I think you could probably attest to this. My memory is horrendous. I don't remember anything. So uh, you know. Kind of trying to remember anything for me. Like, Like, I probably forgot people we interviewed at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's no competing
1: with the R Vantage Point guys at this point. They have this, like, recall of, like, oh, I think that was, like, 1994 when T.L. Hopper uh, wrestled
2: (laughs) Alex the Pug Porto. I have no concept of time when it comes to wrestling. Like, none. That's out the window. I have, like, there's no no conjecture as far as, like, this happened then, and then this thing happened 10 years later. Like, in my brain, a a lot of things are just all mushed together.
1: Uh, Yeah, so we can't really bring that to this podcast. We like to bring our personal experiences. We'll get into that in a little bit in the meat of the program. But episode 100, we're going to do the wrestling podcast about nothing roast, my friend. Send in your roast. You can tell us anything you want about us. Call the voicemail line 401-584-9726. You right there can make fun of the Kank pancake, make fun of Crockett. Do whatever you want in celebration of episode 100. Call 401 584 WPAN. That's 401 584 9726. And of course, make sure you visit thewpan.com. That is T H E W P A N.com. All of our episodes are there. The links to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, some pictures, some videos, biographies, everything you want to know about uh, some nudes not yet not yet we're working on that we're working on that
2: uh, when we get the patreon up and running that'll be that'll be part of that <laughs>
1: oh god that's yeah that's gonna they're gonna be coming in droves for that uh, I should use that
2: I shouldn't have used that phrasing sadly <laughs> there'd probably be a market for it <laughs> oh, my wait
1: what's the website that uh, playboy
2: Jimmy James was a part oh of? what the hell was it um chubbyspeedo.com or something <laughs> like that or speedo chubby or something like that are
1: <laughs> well, they gonna get that speedo ready King Finn oh boy Got to bring in
2: the cash. I don't think so, Mike.
1: Baby's on the way. We're going to get making that money. (laughs) Uh, Okay, today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're going to be opening up our souls to you and revealing our lowest moments in the wrestling business, Brian. That's going to be coming up, plus the return of America's Game. Your promo about nothing is also coming up and a whole lot more. But first... Festivus is not just a date on the calendar here the wrestling podcast about nothing. It lives in our hearts every single day, 24-7, 365, as the kids say. So it's not just for December 23rd. It's a Festivus for the rest of the year, too. So for that reason, here on the WPAN, we're airing our grievances each and every week. And now you're going to hear about it. My grievance, Brian Malonis, is with one man. One man who we both know very well. No, it's not you. I, I saw you give him in the eye. I was
2: wondering if you're going to steal my bit.
1: No, who we knew very well, who started out in uh, chaotic wrestling at the CTC, a man who interfered in a match that costs someone their livelihood.
2: Oh boy.
1: Yes, Tommaso Ciampa. Yes. You interfered in Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas. You cost Gargano his career. He is on the unemployment line. Who knows where Johnny Gargano is going to end up now? All thanks to you. Thanks. Not so much, Tommaso Ciampa.
2: Hey, Mike. Yeah. Wrestling's fake. (laughs) (laughs) okay then uh, then then, then i'll
1: uh do my grievance with tomaso champa for not letting us air his
2: interview (laughs) way back when i don't think your grievance is with tomaso champa it's with that big company in connecticut
1: yeah we did do an interview like at least an hour and a half's worth talking about tomaso's entire career back in the early days of the WPAN that did not see the light of day
2: we'll see the light of day someday (laughs) <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's a, maybe well, it'll be on the Patreon. Like 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 10 years from now or something, you know? After, maybe. After a nice, long, successful run. Yes,
1: yeah, so it'll be a nice uh, look back at Tommaso when he was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to get into <laughs> WWE.
2: Exactly. Is so it my turn? Yes. Well, Mike, late last week, I don't know if you saw Ring of Honor's uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter, a match announcement for Manhattan Mayhem mm-hmm. this Saturday night new york city it'll be silas young the beer city bruiser and yours truly currently still the kingpin brian malone is yes taking on kenny king Mm -hmm. and partners of the fans choosing right how are we supposed to prepare mike my grievance with the powers that be a ring of honor how are we supposed to strategize and prepare for people we don't know who they are
1: brian wrestling's fake
2: oh yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but the fan voting is legit correct
2: as uh, far as i know i mean i i'm not actually the one tallying the votes mike
1: oh you're saying you and uh silas and bruiser might uh, you know stick your hand in the cookie jar there maybe
2: <laughs> do a little <laughs> vote tampering i would never do such a thing i'm I'm a man of integrity oh i see <laughs> but yeah hey head over to uh com and get your votes and uh, especially if you're going to be at manhattan mayhem but if you can't be at manhattan mayhem mike I'm guessing you're probably going to watch live with uh, so many others on Honor Club. I, I sure am. <laughs> you lying sex <sack> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, go vote. I'd placed my vote yesterday. Who'd you vote for?
1: The Briscoe brothers. Oh, okay. Jay and Mark Briscoe. So, we'll see if they end up uh, teaming with Kenny King to take on. Do you have a team name, the three of you? No, not yet. Working on something? Yeah, we'll get something. Workshopping? Yeah. Why don't we, we ask the fans?
2: <laughs> no? All right. It's going to inevitably be something with beer and brawlers and bruisers and all sorts of things of that nature, I'm sure. What would what would Handsome Johnny call us? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like the bruised kingpins or something yeah. stupid like that. <laughs> King bruisers. Yeah. yeah. Something, <laughs> something dumb. The bruise like
1: kings. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Anyway, as you know, Brian and I have no problem admitting this. I love the dirt sheets. That's what some people call insider wrestling newsletters and news sites. It's what I do. Gotta check the dirt sheets. Love a good sheet. I've been knee deep in this stuff since the day I found out they existed. You? Not so much. So, with that in mind, I present to you the wrestling podcast about nothing's most celebrated segment, America's Game. We're doing the dirt sheet shuffle.
2: Mike, I'm so removed from the dirt sheets that I did an interview with a dirt sheet and I didn't even listen to it. Really? (laughs) Yes. I mean, partially because it's behind a paywall, but... Oh, I see. <laughs> so, but even if, it, even if it wasn't, I probably wouldn't listen to it.
1: You, come on, you always listen to yourself.
2: Mm, not really. Oh, okay. The only time I listen to ourselves is when I listen, I listen to our podcast every week. Uh, who wouldn't? <laughs> I, and, and that's for uh, critiquing purposes. Research purposes. <laughs> yeah, critiquing.
1: Well, uh, the Dirt Shuffle, Brian, we've done this 16 times in total. And your record in this game is 7-9. and nine.
2: Creeping closer.
1: Well, you were... I had it last time I had it! You almost got to 500 last week, but you blew it. So now you're uh, still below 500. Let's see what we can do this time. This is how the game goes. I will tell you, Brian Malonis, three news stories from the pro wrestling news sites from around the internet. You tell me which one of these stories did not actually get reported doesn't matter if it's true or false, just if it got reported in the dirt sheets. Now, Brian, can you separate the news from the ruse? You never answer me. I can try. (laughs) All right, guys, play at home with the kingpin. See how you do in the dirt sheet
2: shuffle. When are we coming out with the dirt sheet shuffle home edition? (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to work on that. Merch ideas. (laughs) Yeah, all right.
1: Uh, All right, let's get into story number one. Here's one from the police blotter. Pro wrestler's car broken into, nothing taken, puddle left behind. (laughs) You, Xavier Woods took to Twitter to shame his auto intruder. Not for what he stole, because he keeps nothing of value in the car, but for the cigarette stench and spilled polynesian sauce left in the car so austin creed says if you want a place to rip butts and kill some chick-fil-a find a new way that's story number one
2: it's a weird one (laughs) it's so weird it might be true but i don't know that's really weird
1: all right Thank you for your thoughts. Let's move on to story number two.
2: Do you want me to not give my thoughts? No, yes. <laughs> Usually
1: I have to prompt you. That's, that's the thing. Thank you. Story number two, Pen. Tino Sabatelli, lunch is on you. The NXT superstar got into a sticky, stinky situation working a live event in St. Petersburg, Florida against Lars Sullivan. Apparently, Lars's last meal didn't agree with him, and before he could deliver a big splash, a big splash of vomit hit the canvas, and Mr. Sabatelli caught a little of the splashback. It wasn't all bad, though. Tino picked up an unexpected victory when Sullivan exited the ring and conceded the count-out loss due to the cookie toss. That is story number two.
2: Jeez. That sounds kind of absurd. Boy, this is going to be tough this week, I think, Mike. Have you been around and anyone's vomited in the ring um, or around the ring? Well, I, I remember, I think it was, was it Brian Fury or Alex Ariel? I wanted them to puke, puke, but I wasn't in the match. Yeah. So I've never been in a match where somebody somebody actually booted, as uh, the kids say.
1: It happens more often than people think, I think. All right, that is story number two. Story number three, let's talk the beast No, not Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate. Just the regular old Beast, Dan Severn. The former NWA champion recently revealed on a podcast the way that the WWF wanted to (coughs) enhance his character, turning him into Mephistopheles with a mustache. Dan claims they pitched Tattooing 666, the number of the Beast, get it, on his body, bro. So whether he turned Lucifer or if he refused, there was no avoiding it. Dan Severn's career was going to hell. (laughs) That is story number three. Okay, Brian, before we get your thoughts and your answer on which is the fake story, let's review the three news items. Number one, Xavier Woods. Someone broke into his car and... Took nothing, only left a cigarette smell and Polynesian sauce. Tino Sabatelli was, I guess, partially vomited on by Lars Sullivan in a match in St. Petersburg, Florida, and unexpectedly won the match due to count out. And Dan Severn reveals that they wanted to tattoo the number 666 on him to, I guess, make him more of a devilish character in the WWF. All right, you know how we do it, Brian. We talk it out, and then we get your final selection.
2: Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm leaning one way because of a little piece of information I I know. Okay. Um, so the two that have been reported, I have no freaking clue. I, I haven't heard any of this anywhere. Um, so this is a complete a complete stab in the dark. Like I, I truly have no idea. I was a little worried where you were going with that Xavier Woods story, especially with some videos <laughs> that are out there of Xavier Woods. I was like, oh, brother. It's a Polynesian puddle, kink fan. That, that, that's a weird one, though. I'm hung up on that one. I'm probably going to lean towards the right one and then pick the wrong one, as as normally happens. As you tend to do, yes. Yeah, normally happens here. I mean, it's not whether the story is true or not. It's whether it was reported. The Dan Severn thing, like I don't know. The story sounds completely made up, but he could have legitimately said it on a podcast. But mm-hmm. my thought here, Mike, is to go with story number two because uh, – and that's not my official pick yet. I'm still pondering. But I'm pretty sure recently I, I've heard that Lars Sullivan is uh, out of action due to injury. So that's why I'm I'm kind of uh, – Leaning that way too. Also, on a complete side note, Tino Sabatelli, I couldn't pick out of a lineup <laughs> if, he, if you offered me a million dollars. Right? No, knocking against him. I just have no. I've heard the name. I have no clue what he what he looks like or who he is, though. Good God! Is the one you can eliminate outright? No. I feel like I can eliminate the Severn one. Okay i don't know i don't know why I, I just you know wrestlers go old-time wrestlers like to go on and make up crazy stories so that doesn't sound so outlandish to me that's kind of what maybe that's but maybe that's why you did that one um all right but this is a complete stab in the dark mike right. i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna go with my gut instinct here lars sullivan i had heard had been out with injury and uh, nobody knew a, a timetable of return for him So I'm going to lock it in. Story number two, I think, is the false story here. Lock it in.
1: All right. It is locked. Story number two, you say that uh, Lars Sullivan did not have a match with Tino Sabatelli, did not vomit on Tino Sabatelli, did not get counted out against Tino Sabatelli in a recent NXT card. All right, Brian. The Kingpin. You are... Correct. All right. All right. Inching your way back, (laughs) Brian Malonis. You picked out the fake story. Let's talk about the others first. Story number three, he did go on a podcast and say that they wanted to tattoo the number 666 on him. That's all he said. I don't know if they were really going to go as far as calling him the devil, or if he was just a Satan worshiper, or what. I'm sure Vince
2: Russo had something to do with it. Maybe we can talk to him about it. This day, I can't figure out why Dan Severn was like in WWE during the Attitude Era. I think
1: it was that NWA angle that they did, right?
2: He was there for I feel like he was there for a while though. He was,
1: probably like a year, I I would think. think. I
2: can't figure it out. He may be the most boring WWE superstar of all time.
1: Come on now. I I was a uh, referee for one of his NWA world heavyweight championship matches. Really? Yeah, in, in the NWA. Yes, wow. NWA New England.
2: Well, I didn't know you'd uh, refereed a world championship match. Yeah. I mean, this is the height of uh, the NWA too, right? I mean, Right. That, was... that 10 pounds of gold really meant something at that point, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, it was in the middle of an arcade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Against a guy with uh, tattoos on his thighs. Do you think the so...
2: NWA World Heavyweight Championship means less now or then?
1: Oh, they're working on it. They're working on it, Brian. They're trying to build I that back I hope it's successful, up. but yeah.
2: I'm, I'm talking about currently, like in this very moment. Does it mean less then or now?
1: Uh, it's probably just stayed, stayed yeah, about the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about the same. Uh, all right, story number one. Xavier Woods did go on Twitter and say that nothing was stolen out of his car, but someone was in there smoking cigarettes, and they spilled Polynesian sauce.
2: <laughs> what a weird thing to do in somebody else's car.
1: Yeah, just I guess just getting a little
2: warmth. I'd be more unnerved by that than I would if somebody just robbed my car. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, that is that is a little strange. But uh story number 2, yes, correct. Tino Sabatelli, there this uh was made up. I was looking for a name of a wrestler that you probably wouldn't know. And
2: Tino, Tino Sabatelli. Yes. <laughs>
1: and I believe Lars Sullivan did work the show if I'm not cuz yes, cuz I looked at the lineup for St. Petersburg and this is an actual show. I believe it happened last night or the night before in St. Petersburg Florida. So I looked around at the names and I saw Lars Sullivan there. So he, if he was injured, he's no longer injured. He is working. So he was on this show, not against Tina Sabatelli. And there was no vomit involved.
2: So I smelled a rat and I found the rat, Mike. <laughs> you sure did. So, uh,
1: yes, it was story number two. You got it. You rise to eight and nine. We'll go uh, to get you at 500 again next time on the dirt sheet shuffle. And I cannot close this out the way I usually do because it is contractually obligated that if you win, you will not allow me to sing the song again. So uh, instead, I say congratulations to you on winning.
2: Thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, start working on that home edition version so we can make some money.
1: There we go. Let's uh, <laughs> We'll get on that. Uh, all right. We want your feedback. Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on the Dirt Sheet Shuffle and our upcoming discussion. Use the hashtag WPAN and voicemails. We're not just getting voicemails for episode 100. We're getting voicemails for any time. We want to hear from you. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we have a new voicemail, Kingpin. Really? Yes. Let's take a listen. Hey, Mike. This is Stephen from
0: New Hampshire. Uh, what's going on? You're a walking contradiction, Mike. One week you say that you're you hate Ric Flair and he is the worst wrestler on the face of the planet, and then you say next the next week you go back on it and you pick Ric Flair matches for best ofs. And greatest this and greatest that and greatest, you know, 60-minute man ever. You know, you pick him for everything. So he's either the worst wrestler or he's the best. Pick a side, man. It really needs to be done. Brian, keep up the good work. Uh Punch him in the face if you need to. I don't care. We don't care. Make a video of it. All right, guys. See you guys later.
1: No, we're not making a video. of you <laughs> punching me in
2: the face. What about? Could I, uh, like, uh, FDR did to De Kramer? Can I hit you in the face with a <laughs> with a snowball? <laughs> well, the snow
1: is all melted, Brian, because it was <laughs> seventy degrees, and then it snowed again, and now it's what is fifty hey, or sixty hey again Mike,
2: now? Mike, yes. New England. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say to Steven right now, he's at hhh guy two thousand four. Don't know why I'm plugging him, but I just did. I didn't say he was the worst wrestler ever. I said Ric Flair was overrated, I think, is what the conversation was.
2: Well, I mean, basically, you were just stating uh, Ric Flair is the best of the worst, right?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, we well, are talking about NWA slash WCW. And if you have to pick from that lot, Ric Flair matches are the better matches. It's like if you had
2: to go to the garbage dump and, and pick all your <laughs> favorite. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Rick I mean, Ric
1: Flair was good at what he did, but as a wrestler, he had similar matches a lot of the time, and I just thought he's overrated in terms of as a well-balanced worker.
2: You're becoming the hot take guy, I think. <laughs> Rick Flair's overrated. ECW was a net negative on the business. got a couple. What else we got here? I don't know. You're Mr. Controversy.
1: Go back in the archives. I forget. You know, <laughs> it's been hundred episodes almost.
2: <laughs> You're Mr. Controversy. Mr. Monday Morning. You know what oh. they
1: say about controversy, right?
2: <laughs> I wish it would create some cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Speaking of cash, how are you doing with that uh, mixer? It's working well for you? Yeah, it's right here. You can you see it? All right. Yeah, it's working well for you. That and the uh, the website, the, the apps for the website, the plugins. <laughs> <coughs> Websites working well, don't you think? I, I agree. The WPAN.com is a fantastic home for us.
1: There you go. So make sure you check out the WPAN.com. Thank you, Stephen, for leaving your voicemail. Of course, you can leave yours, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Let us know how we're doing. And, of course, roast us for episode 100 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing.
2: And keep your eye out on WPAN.com for that punching Mike Crockett in the face video. Yeah,
1: coming soon. Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. We talked about Mike Mills being on here last week. Continue to listen to Booking the Territory twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com. And we also did mention our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, our buddies, talking about the world of retro wrestling. Podcast.com is their home base. And Peter Winston, greetings from Allentown. Each and every week they talk about I shouldn't say they. I should say he, because it's a one-man, lonely podcast where he talks about <laughs> one single episode of wrestling television. Greetings from Allentown at GF Allentown Pod on
2: Twitter. PD P- Winston got me through uh, when I when I flew to Atlanta to and from Atlanta. PD Winston got me through my uh, flights. I listened to some back episodes of Greetings from Allentown.
1: There you go. Thank you to Peter, I guess, for keeping you awake. Indeed. And uh, rundown wrestling podcast with Jason Stewart and a cast of thousands at rundown wrestling on twitter and uh subscribe to the rundown wrestling podcast wherever podcasts are sold and of course our buddies the new age insiders make sure you subscribe to them as well newageinsiders.com all right brian it's about that time to talk about the lowest of the low (laughs) when it comes to our professional wrestling careers but before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean? BDARadio.com. What does the BDA stand for? Bombshell Duction Announcement? What? <laughs> I kind of cheated. <laughs> it's an induction, but, you know, I just kind of uh, apostrophe duction. Okay. Just so I could fit it in there in BDA. Jeff Jarrett, yes, is going into the WWE Hall of Fame To the surprise of many, how did you feel about this?
2: I mean, I I I guess I see the merit. I mean, WWE Hall of Fame has essentially become the pro wrestling Hall of Fame. So I mean, for better or worse. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Jeff Jarrett's biggest uh, you know accomplishments probably happened outside of WWE because WCW. NWA World
1: Champion, right?
2: WCW World Champion started TNA. Which, for better or for worse, did have high times and and you know and did have peaks and. I want
1: to see how they navigate that at the Hall of Fame.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Interesting. But I'm I'm guessing they're going to talk about him helping launch the careers of maybe AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode, and I, th- I think he gave guys like that opportunity. So yeah, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a warranted uh, induction. Again, with the consideration that the wwe hall of fame is essentially the pro wrestling hall of fame it's not just for accomplishments within wwe but even if it just were taken into account his wwe career he's still more accomplished than some people who are already in there so
1: are you talking about coco
2: (laughs) one of them (laughs) well it was a big surprise though but you know what's not a surprise it was yeah it was a surprise
1: you cut me off you know what's not a surprise (laughs) <laughs> the BDA radio brings the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling to the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDA radio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Spend days working hard on the BDA radio.com.
2: You stealing material from other podcasts that you and OVP make fun of so much? <laughs> chat, chat me up about that.
1: Chat me up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened in a while. It's been all pay per view stuff, right? For a while now. Week to um,
2: week. Yeah, the last couple ones, yeah, I've been pay per views, I think. Like, no way you else. You still listening? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I don't How is it? it? Ever. Good. I've never wavered. I love it. You know, as with everything, there's ebbs and flows. There's some episodes that are better than others, but I, I love it. It's a peek behind the curtain of what I grew up with. So.
1: All right. Well. Anyway,
2: <laughs>
1: speaking of peaks behind the curtain, Brian, with my Tony S. Segway, with all of your success recently in Ring of Honor, you know, you're know you now on ROHWrestling.com. You are in a Ring of Honor Superstar. Indeed, You're think. jet-setting. <laughs> you're finally uh, making my statement true that you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours. <laughs> you're finally crisscrossing the nation. You're a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it it kind of made me think about are low points cuz i know there was a point with you where you thought you were just about wrapping up
2: some many low points. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: so i think i wanted to talk about that this week just where we've like you know the depths that we've sunk to in the wrestling business. Like i said it's been nothing but a rosy outlook for you for ROH but can you think of uh, you can think of a plenty i'm sure low points for you in uh, your wrestling journey
2: Yeah, I mean I, and, and there's different I think there's different sorts of low points too. Like right. I think about probably the first kind of low point I hit and that was so coming up on chaotic wrestling so that's going mean, to be that's where we started. Cold Fury 17, I think back to Cold Fury 2 where Dr. Tom Pritchard came in for a camp. I uh, was hoping to get a spot on the roster at that point but uh, didn't feel Well, I I guess, I mean, it doesn't matter now, it's 15 years ago, but I I didn't feel like I was in good enough shape to go to the camp, Um, so I came up with excuses not to, but then I still went to the show, I think that was probably my low point with chaotic, like as far as like in their eyes, us. All right, this guy's probably never going to be of any value to us because I was a student, and that's why I talk about like different low points. Like that was probably like my stock was probably lowest with my school and the promotion that they're affiliated with, as far as looking at me as somebody who could potentially be somebody for them.
1: So, what was your reasoning there? Like you were just like, I'm not in shape, but I don't really. Yeah, care. I didn't want. I
2: didn't want to embarrass myself. Like I didn't want to embarrass myself, and I told them I had car trouble. The morning of, and I still said, you know, I went to the show, and said, uh, I got a ride from somebody. I don't remember who the heck brought me, or maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I said my car trouble got resolved or whatever. But yeah, I just went to the show at night. But in reality, I just was embarrassed to, to go to the camp.
1: What were you expecting? Uh, when you went to the show, you just were you like still sitting? You weren't still sitting in the crowd at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was. You were? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I actually sat. It's funny. I actually sat and watched that show with one Warbeard Hansen. Uh, he had kind of just started or was just going to start with chaotic. So, and I had known him obviously from doing some of the other local shows. Um, so I sat with him and watched the show in the front row. No, 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 okay. no, And we were in the bleachers. That was the one that was at like a high school gym. My sitting in the front row days were done at that point. okay. (laughs) That's when I started to get frustrated about them not using me, too. So I'd start to get frustrated over that, like not having opportunities. But look at me now, Mike. I shoved it right up their ass. (laughs) No, I didn't deserve a spot at that point. I was a clown. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah, I can back that up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I was thinking about my low points. I know I've talked about before, like just having bad matches and being like, you know, you say on suicide watch (laughs) self-loathing. Yes. I like I talked about uh, Ivory, who is going to the Hall of Fame this year. I refereed one of her matches and screwed up the finish or the finish was uh, relayed to me incorrectly. And I thought something was not the finish, as it turns out it was. So I held up my count, and it was in front of, you know, a thousand people in a high school gym. And I was uh, very embarrassed. And
2: so you're saying Ivory has made it to the Hall of Fame in spite of your best efforts?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. So I ended up uh, walking out of the arena. Uh, and just walking out the door, it was cold. It was winter, and just uh, just in my referee shirt, just walking out in the cold, you know, among the snowbanks, just uh, pondering life,
2: as it were. Knowing you very well, I can totally envision this right now. I'm watching it. Even though I wasn't there, I'm watching it in my mind was, unfold.
1: Yeah, it was just like one of those, You know, this is my opportunity. These people were in WWF. They were in WWF at the time. They were lent to this show to uh, help us out, I guess, draw some people. And you know, to me, this is like, this is my audition. <laughs> Kevin Kelly's here. Jim Cornette's here. I'm going to get recommended for a job based on this performance. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went just the opposite. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, this happened a couple times. There are moments where I've been like on the cusp, and something goes wrong. And uh, I don't know if it's me. I-, I I think it's like I built something up in my mind, and I yeah I
2: panic. Yeah, I think it's I think that's it. And
1: a couple times it's happened, and it just ends up being a very low moments. We talked about the Ring of Honor moment where I. Uh, screwed up a three count with Matt Seidel, and uh, the crowd turned on me. And I left that Ring of Honor show. I was going to all the Ring of Honor shows at that point. I was doing pre-show matches. That was the first time I was on the main card. It was in Boston, and I never went back to Ring of Honor after that. Just <laughs> no, no one said don't come back, but just due to shame. I just never went back to Ring of Honor again, never attempted to, uh, I was going to say mend that fence, but it wasn't really broken. It was just broken by myself. Self-imposed. Self-imposed, yes. (laughs) So those were low moments where I thought that something possibly could happen in my mind, and something went wrong, and uh, I just didn't have uh, the gumption to fix it or whatever. I just kind of let it lay there and
2: went back to doing my independent shows you know i know a few people now mike I, you know maybe i could put a word in for you <laughs> yeah you think <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i could text uh, i could text todd sinclair and you know hey i think mike's ready for another opportunity <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna need some extra income coming up buddy <laughs> I, am. <laughs> I am uh i, I you know, we talked about like kind of like the different lows or whatever and yeah. um I think back to so this one was kind of like a just like an emotional low it's more like an exhaustion point um, so I we had, I think I've talked about this before but we had a tryout at the school with WWE John mm-hmm. Laurinaitis was there Ty Bailey was there I wrestled Brian Fury at it we had a very good match um, Laurinaitis had told uh, Jamie Jamikowski the former owner of chaotic wrestling they really liked me I was just too heavy like you know I'd have to lose some weight but he really liked the way I could move he liked everything about me so I was going to TV. I want to say like this was on like a weird. It was it was this was like a weekday. This is like a Wednesday morning, type thing. Like it was it was so strange. I know it was a Wednesday morning for a fact because a few of our guys had been at TV the Monday and Tuesday, yeah. Uh, before, so then the next week, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was going to TV. I was booked for three shots in like Jersey, Pennsylvania, and. I think two, maybe two were in Jersey and like one was in Pennsylvania and I had talked to John Laurinaitis there and we had a nice conversation. I would say like 10 to 15 minutes in length talking about my experience and my, you know, you asked me about like family history, like, cause I was a big guy and he just said, you know, he's, he's like, you know, you can be big, you just can't be, you know, as big as you are right now. And he asked me what I could get down to. And I said, I said, well, what would you like to see me? You know, he goes, well, do you think you can get around 300? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, give me a call when you get down to around 300 pounds. That was on Monday. We still had the whole Monday and Tuesday to go to. And I didn't want to go. I wanted to leave. Tuesday, yeah. yeah, I wanted to leave that very moment. So then I went back. Um, I got down to like 310. Um, felt really good. Uh, I felt really like I felt like it was probably the best shape I've been in in my adult life. And went back to TV and absolutely nothing happened. Sunday passed at the pay-per-view. Nothing happened. Okay. All Monday passed. We didn't get in the ring. So kind of going up to them and caterings is a no-no. So I went up to Laura and I. But I, at that point, I hadn't talked to him yet. And I was like, I, I got to talk to this guy. I don't care if the catering thing is taboo. Like, I don't care. It was the first time ever I'd started to just try to be aggressive. Like, the, the first time I talked to him, and you now this time I was like, screw it. I, I just, I'm going to be aggressive with it. And, um, I went up and talked to him, and I, so I said, uh, "You know, hey John, I don't know if you remember me." He's, "Oh yeah, of course I remember you." I said, "I said, I've, you know, I've lost like eighty pounds um, since you last saw me." He goes, oh, great, I'll get you in the ring tomorrow." Like so, I didn't come away from that with the warm and fuzzies. It felt like a just all right, get away from me type of right. thing. I got my um, stake here. I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the next day they did get us in the ring. It was actually in Manchester. Uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, my hometown. Uh, my first match was atrocious. The guy I wrestled was not good. Um, he wasn't your fault again. It, it really wasn't though. And and uh, off air, I'll tell you who it was, and you're you're gonna agree with me. Yeah, I think, I, <laughs> I think you might know who it is. I think I know. So you you know damn well it yeah. was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> he was also the same person was also going to have to wrestle our good friend Max Bauer. But at least I feel good in that um, Jamie Noble who was running like the extra stuff realized that that match wasn't my fault and told the other guy no no no, you don't go big fella you get in there and me and max had a had a really good match and i got really good feedback it's funny um and i have i don't think i've even told him this since i've been interacting with him a lot lately uh cody was there and cody had given me some great feedback off that and kofi mark henry get a lot of really positive feedback they were supposed to do like evaluation type things and jamie noble was very explicit to us like do not leave before i do this with you so the whole night he pretty much avoided us at the end of the night he goes i'll get you next time fellas and then we found kind of found out from jamie he essentially just made up reports because they gave the feedback back to jamie Uh, that right there just really sent me into um and that the next time with the tv after that so this is kind of like a continuing downward spiral of just right worse and feeling worse and worse and so worse. One worse. period of time. Yeah, it's all pretty. This is all within like probably a twelve month span. Okay, it might even be a little a little more condensed. Do you know than the twelve year months at all? Uh, it was whenever the Nexus stuff was going on, like before the Nexus stuff and then into the Nexus stuff, because me and Max were booked for a pay per view and we were going to get beat up by the Nexus, and this is when they were uh, hijacking the shows and stuff. It was during that time frame. So Brian Fury ended up with us at a TV, too. It was the three of us and they needed a dark match and then they kinda lined us up and they asked Kofi, Hey, which one of you know, which one of these guys Because they asked us like, Well, which one of you is the best worker? And we were all just like, Well, we're we're all we all feel like we're pretty good like you know and then they go ask kofi he knows these guys he knows these guys and kofi's like man they're all because you know kofi does, that's a bad spot to put him right. in At least, especially right in front of us yeah. <laughs> like and he's like no man they're all good they're all good like which one you has good gear like well, we all have professional gear like and then they go the guy with the beard all of us had some sort <laughs> of facial hair and ultimately it was max that they that they chose and it was like that was the beginning of like the lowest of the lows for me because here it is probably I was probably closer to nobody you know at that point than max we were living next to each other we were going to the gym with each other constantly going to shows with each other all the time i spent more time with max than i did with any other human being on the planet probably including my wife and i was so happy for him but at the same time completely and utterly crushed that I'd come that close to actually getting a dark match, and that was, like, the beginning of the end for he me. ended up
1: getting a deal. He did, yeah,
2: yeah. much later, and, right. and I, I that dark match had completely nothing to do with him getting a deal. Like, Yeah, he said that on the show, actually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he just... Max worked his ass off and got himself in incredible shape and got himself a tryout and killed the tryout and got himself a deal. Like, he, he did it himself. Like, nobody ultimately does it alone, but goddamn max came pretty close to it because he didn't have the same backing that some other guys had and he did it by himself but here it is you know the guy who at that point i probably considered my best friend gets this opportunity not, not the deal but the match at that point and i'm like i'm happy for him i'm ecstatic for him but at the same time i'm just crushed because you just never know when those opportunities come and so it was that that was like feeling like that and hating myself for for feeling like that because Like I just want to be happy for my friend, but at the same time I just can't feel this overwhelming like you know feeling of failure for myself, and that was really like the next time I'd gone to TV, I didn't tan like I didn't care. I'd started to gain weight, and it was that was kind of around the time of the last time I went to TV, which was the casino one there Mm -hmm. that you were at, and I just didn't care. Like I didn't even want to be there. I didn't make it. I didn't. I don't think I hid well. That I didn't want to be there even. That just feeling like this is done. This is over. You know, I'll wrestle here and there on the independence, but this is this is all done. I hate this. I was so bitter and miserable and just, you know, feeling like a victim, I guess. Now um excuse <coughs> me. So, you- you're very moved by that story. <laughs> <laughs> now
1: you you didn't hold this you didn't like hold any animosity to Max.
2: No, 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 no. I, I I the only person I held animosity to was myself like me for feeling that way like i was i was i was feeling sorry for myself it was like yeah i wasn't mad at max i was i was ecstatic for max i was i was so happy for him but at the end of the day like um i think you got mad at me for saying this statement once before i feel like we had a tiff over the statement i'm about to make here and that's for as much as i want to see all my friends be successful there's nobody i want to see be successful more than myself and i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not sorry for feeling that way (laughs) like but what are we in this for like this is as much as the bullshit that hollow and jamie tried to spew about teamwork and this and that this is an individual business about being successful like for yourself so i'm ecstatic for all my friends that have been successful like i'm happy for them like i've shed tears with my friends being so happy but i still want it for myself more than i want it for anybody like and I don't can't, think, how
1: can't there be an even ground? Why can't you say just as much?
2: Because their successes don't impact my personal life. Makes you happy. It makes me happy, but this is a business this is a business, Mike. This is about trying to make money and like, you know, make a name for yourself and make money like at it. So I wept with our good friend Todd over over him going to n x t but his success is not gonna put a dime on you know what I mean? It's like it's that, but it doesn't mean I'm not happy for them, but in this particular moment, like just the feeling of the hopelessness that I felt at that moment, I was mad at myself for feeling that when this is the best thing that happened to my friend at you know at that point in his career like so it was just a mind fuck of like it was like that was the moment where I was like I can't do this anymore, I can't emotionally go through this anymore like i just like it just was so depressed
1: <laughs> and that was like that was the lowest of the low
2: i think yeah i think so that was because i mean that that led to like that four or five year period where i just was like i'll just work chaotic <laughs> like
1: so you worked like once or twice a month
2: yeah that was it and it was just kind of like yeah
1: and then chaotic came to an end
2: yeah i mean so a third different type of like low and this was like a I don't, a low in that i was running the company I was getting really frustrated with Jamie. I think I can just say this now because he doesn't own the company anymore. (laughs) I was doing everything but not having the autonomy to do what I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like you're asking me. It's the old Bill Parcells. If they're going to ask you to cook dinner, they ought to let you shop for the groceries. Right. right? And that's what I felt like with Jamie. You
1: shop for the groceries, but you couldn't cook dinner.
2: <laughs> it was the opposite. Yeah, I might have been the opposite there. <laughs> but, but even then, like there was meddling on that, and in the he would meddle and stuff like that was so weird to me at times. You know, like, um, and this is not a burial of Jamie. It's just it's his company. This is what he wanted. But like, I, I get if like you want you want a certain guy to be like the face of your company. You know, but why are you telling me what match should go on fourth and who can who can win like the fourth match of the night? Like, why? That's my job. That's literally what you're paying me for. That's the
1: first half main,
2: though. <laughs> is it <It's laughs> such a made up thing? <laughs> first half main event. Come on. <laughs> um, so, uh, as far as like friendships and personal friendships that I have, that this is probably a low point in that I would started to have bad feelings about that. I started to just get a supremely frustrated. You know, I'm a, I'm a person who you give me a job, let me do the job, don't meddle in it. Like you hired me to do a job, let me do the job, and I take the same approach. Like no matter what I do, it's not just chaotic wrestling. In a job that we shared in the past, I had the same problem in that job too. It's like you hired me to do a job, don't meddle in it, let me do it. And if I'm not doing the job, then then coach me up, but let me fail first. Give me the opportunity to to fail or succeed on my own merit. So that led to frustrations and me just saying fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore because I, I never took an additional dime. I, I never right. asked for an additional penny to do anything that I, extra that I was doing, but that's because I had a plan in mind. Like I had a long-range plan on how, to, how I wanted to make more money with them, but I had to get stuff in place first, but I never got to that because I didn't think... Money we, laundering? Yes. <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> we could be successful together. I didn't think I could be successful with Jamie. What was the long-range range plan? I, my thought was, well, first was I wanted to get digital distribution of some sort. I had been talking with our our good friend Paul from BDAradio.com about how we could get some sort of... uh, Because Chaotic has just a great amount of footage with all these fantastic, you know, stars over for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years or however long. Jesus, closer to 20 now at this 18, point yeah. Now. But um, yeah, so I wanted to get like, was I don't want to say like a streaming service, but it was more like people could buy it a la carte type stuff, like yeah. either by the match or by the show. So that was the first goal on, on a way to get... Um, money in the door the next was i kind of i wanted to do i wanted to go one of two ways with the company to actually try to grow the company my preference would have been to try to do super shows um we try to get in that market to do like you know like a big time or any w to do what they're doing to get those sold shows and make money off those mm-hmm. um but the the alternative i gave jamie like i want to go told him i want to go i want to grow the company i think there's two ways to grow the company you either become the sold shows way or try to become like the super indie which wouldn't have been my preference I I wanted to and, and then still keep like like Woburn or whatever we run those local shows but then do the bigger shows more often and you would that.
1: have rather done the uh, stadium show kind of thing, yeah,
2: exactly. You just
1: want to work with Tita Santana, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. No, I think I think there's more money in that than there is than there is the other way. Yeah, um, I think there's opportunities in wrestling to make legitimate money. The other thought too, in addition to that, is you get some of these conventions. You can start to try to make money off things like that with autograph signings and things of that nature as well. Um, so I thought that was that would have been a good way to take the business. Um, so how did it come to a head that like you'd said? basically write me out of shows i want to be done well at first it was the quitting as as booker and everything i just told him i can't do it anymore i can't can't deal with the with the meddling and i don't remember the exact incident anymore at this point that that made me say fuck this i don't want to do this anymore so then chase i think chase started helping jamie i think it was like kind of secret hush, hush yeah i think it was kind of secret at first or whatever but I think it's, it's booking stuff which is when you think about it, it's really stupid at the independent level but I just thought they were just treating me like shit. And then it was like i had always had some input on what I was doing. And I was just essentially being told, no, nope, this is what it is. Do it. And Jamie says no to this day. And I still don't believe him. And he knows I don't believe him. So I think it's okay to stay on this podcast. <laughs> I think it was some vindictive booking that they knew would piss me off. Which again, when you think about it, is is really really dumb because it's independent booking. But in that moment, again, you're talking about lows of the low. That's where my head was at. I had the bad feelings over running the company. Now I feel like they're just booking me to look stupid all the time. So I just said, you know what? Um, and then um, and then we, the three of us, were supposed to have a meeting to get on the same page. There was a text message that was very impersonal and an excuse that is something that it felt very made up and. All I wanted was like a 10-minute meeting with them, and I wanted to do it at a show because I knew it would be hard to get us all together. And they said, no, let's do dinner. And then the morning of it was, oh, this came up or this was scheduled. And it was very impersonal. There was three of us in the group message, and the text message was very impersonal and just felt like a blow-off. And I said, you know what? Don't even fucking bother. Like, I'm done. You don't have to meet with me. Like we could have done this for ten minutes at the show. Like I just wanted to get a grasp on things. I said we'll just call it quits at Cold Fury. I'll put my career on the line and I'll lose a die jack. It's fine. Like and that was. But I mean, that's. I mean, and I think about it now, it's so stupid. It was, but it ultimately led to this because without that, without feeling. I, 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 yeah, you you didn't you didn't say
1: like all of a sudden oh, I'm going to go out and get bookies. You just wanted to stick up their ass,
2: basically. I, initially, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because if it, you know, I'm always a guy that works better with a little chip on my shoulder when I think the world's against me. I don't know why underdog, not an underdog, but just like oh, you fucking, you've given up on me. And that's what I felt like. I felt like they gave up on me, and so it was like fuck you guys. You know what? I I still have gas left in the tank and. That's what kind of initially spurred it, and then I really started feeling good, and that's what spurred going to the Ring of Honor tryout. So it wasn't like I left there saying, like, you know what? Well, I am going to go to the Ring of Honor. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it was. Well, screw you guys. I am going to sh- go and show you that I am still really good, and I am not, I am not done yet. And then I started feeling so good doing like the indie shows. That's when I decided to, you know, sign up for a Ring of Honor tryout. So it was, it was like a indirect, you know, right? And now, and now I am back there. So. Yeah. No harm, no foul. No, and <laughs> no, I, I, ultimately, it was the best thing that ever happened. You can't. You have to leave. You can't just. You know, I had to leave there. It was good. It was good for both sides to to have a break. I yeah,
1: think. I had a very similar experience where you kind of uh, picked up my slack in terms of I was doing all of the stuff like I was taking ticket orders, printing tickets, uh, posters, doing the website stuff, creating the graphics. Uh, you know, and just in turn not getting a lot of feedback from Jamie cuz you know if you listen to For the Pops they talk about you know he's always in Hawaii true he's always in Hawaii i, th-
2: I think and, and i think he would admit at this point uh, Jamie checks out he's for he, long for long stretches and he and he was checking he out he was an
1: absentee dad yeah
2: yeah, yeah. and i think you i think he'd probably feel comfortable admitting that at this point
1: yeah so yeah i was in a very similar place where i was just like i said dreading going to shows just to be a, a part of this just because it was every day, all day, and very little help from anywhere. So I remember sitting up in bed one night, just and I never have a problem sleeping. My wife can attest to this. I just always conk right out and start snoring. But uh, this night, I was just like staring at the ceiling fan. It's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go to the show on Friday. And uh, the narrative that some people like to use is that I used – my now wife to get out of wrestling, or she forced me to get out of wrestling, but this is before you even got back together. Do
2: people actually use that narrative? Like, well, like I use it as a joke, I, but the uh, Brian Theory
1: does as well. I think, it, I think it's a joke <laughs> to him, but who knows? But this is the before I got back... Uh, I, 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 I want to go
2: on the record of saying, I like your wife a lot more than I like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I, I, I got together with her like a month later, but this was in November where I went and said, or maybe it was December. I got together with her like right over the holiday season, and I went to Jamie and said, "Yeah, I can't do this. I gotta get. Out. I gotta take a break."
2: This Was is- it my presence that? Because I I do remember us having a conversation of like, if you're gonna I, me kind of telling you, if you're gonna contribute to booking, you need to own people talking to you <laughs> and you didn't want to do that did, did i did my presence push you out or was this building for long it was months? building
1: for a long okay. time that didn't help <laughs> 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 why well, do i want to talk
2: to people brian come on <laughs> well i didn't want to take the heat for your shitty ideas <laughs> <laughs> come on
1: people have heard my great ideas listen to the uh new age russo and ferrara podcast oh, i would have been
2: okay with taking credit for good ideas but if you had oh, a bad okay. idea it didn't work i didn't <laughs> want to have to talk to that
1: So that's when I decided, yeah, I was done for a while, and that was how the extended hiatus began, and it remains to this day, Brian. (laughs) So yes, it had nothing to do with my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife. It was just being overwhelmed and not just hating going to wrestling shows. I never thought I would hate going to and participating in professional wrestling, but I did at that time just because it was just all i did all the time and it was no fun so that's
2: it's, it sucks to become those guys that we used to make fun of like the the guys you see in the locker room oh brother brother <laughs> you know i uh, i'm gonna go out there and fucking work oh i hate this shit why do i do it it's like and i would be like why why do you do it? you're probably making like 20 bucks go home yeah like why are you here <laughs>
1: So, the happy ending to this is, well, I'm not back in wrestling, but uh you brought me back into wrestling in a way with this podcast and gave me their creative outlet that I was missing after doing all the uh, you know the stuff for chaotic for so long. so that kind of brought me back into yeah, it. It's
2: kind of all led to the birth of this podcast too, some of these Basically, low moments, huh, yeah. Definitely, we were both like, "Fuck chaotic wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> Let's bury Jamie. Let's bury these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and- Jamie feels like I, I've buried. I know he feels like I've buried him at times because I've gotten text messages. It's like I've never buried you. I've told my side of the story, and he's always been free to tell his side of the story as well. And he's chosen not to. I'm man enough to admit there's three sides to every story: your side, my side, and the truth. Yes. you know, and usually, yeah, the truth always lies somewhere in between two people's perceptions, and, I, and I'm man enough to admit that. And I know I'm a difficult person as well. I, I am, I am painfully self-aware uh, <laughs> that I can be a tough person to deal with at, at times, especially if I get angry. I tend to react first and think about later.
1: So yes, yes, you recently
2: saw, <laughs> uh-huh,
1: indeed. So we've had our low points, Brian, but both of us have risen. Like a phoenix from Arizona, yes. (laughs) And here we are, you Ring of Honor superstar Brian Malonus, and me, podcasting superstar Mike Crockett. (laughs) So those are some of our low moments. Thank you guys for uh, indulging us as we uh, bore our bore our souls bared our souls i don't know i think we bared our souls (laughs) that's what we did so let's uh let's get into this promo about nothing brian before we get out of here the year 1990 and we're heading back down to memphis kingpin the uswa Mm. a return of a promo about nothing favorite my friend Calabunga, dude oh boy here we go Cowabunga! The wrestling turtle back in this week's promo about nothing.
0: Cowabunga gets the victory, and I, I don't know exactly what uh, he has in three. mind. Yeah, three is over here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, dude,
0: let me uh, let me get some of this. Here, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what you have in mind, but hey, I understand play, you got a little play bit. Hey man. man, I know this is your interview time. I want to tell everybody, not only you but all the people. A few weeks ago, I come out here. And I thought you were just another goof dressed up in a turtle suit. Well, you know, I didn't think too much about you, but I've seen you wrestle and I've wrestled you. I'll be the first one to stick my hand out and say, brother, you're real good. All right. I oh, did. Oh, totally radical. Awesome. Wrestling Ken Wayne, dude. All right. Nightmare. You said nightmare? Okay. Congratulations <laughs> nightmare on the victory <laughs> there. You're really excited, the fans. Now, I don't know. We got a couple of, uh, what is that gallon cans of paint here? And uh... all right, all right. Oh, I see. Uh, and now some boards here. What is going on? You <laughs> what? You smack that with that uh, side of that hand, and it popped. All right, here's one right here. All right, let's let's watch what happens here. All right, yeah. Cowabunga! Ooh. break another one? Hand went right through that board, Dave.
2: (laughs) Friday dropping the shit out of some boards right now.
0: (laughs) Hey, wait a minute now. Jeff Gaylord and Scott Braddock, the wild things in downtown Bruno. Look, we're out here with a demonstration. You guys tell you something. Get up, you (laughs) idiot.
2: Another favorite of ours.
0: Who are you trying to impress? Hold up, dude. These little boards, they can't fight back. Let me tell you something. If you want to impress somebody, this is
2: impressive.
0: That's impressive. And as a matter of fact, when you get in the ring with me, brother, I'm going to hit you with so many lefts, you're going to be begging for a right. I want to show you something. Hey, Scott, help me out. Hold him. Hey, oh, hey, come on! Whoa, whoa. Bruno, for heaven's sake! Who's this guy trying kind to of press out here? Whoa. Coming out here, three against one. You over here, and... What are the other Ninja God Turtles, God Mike?
2: <laughs> Breaking boards over
0: Cowabunga's head, and Bruno over with a boot kicking on him. Can we get him some help out here, please? Goodness, I tell you what. Here comes Ken Wayne out to help. Ken Wayne with a uh, wooden stool there. You better get some help over here, Dave. Dan, thank you for coming out and, uh, and helping out. Now, let's watch it. Let's get those guys out of here. Jeff Gaylord. Oh boy, the wild things. Gaylord, Braddock, and Downtown Bruno. All right. Yeah, let's help him out of here. We'll take
1: a break. We'll return.
2: So is Mike, is Mike Mill still going to try to tell me that Southern Wrestling was better than Northern <laughs> Wrestling? <laughs> well,
1: it's the promos, Brian, more than the wrestling.
2: Oh, sure, yeah, the promos, fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, run in by another, as you mentioned, <laughs> promo, I think, favorite,
2: Jeff Gaylord. And he, and he was like, he did like the, like when you can't think of something, it is the pause, it's like the, the awkward, like brain fart pause. It's like, live
1: TV, Kingpin, live TV. I well,
2: love... <laughs> why are they giving live mics are such shitbags?
1: I like how he, how he, uh poses for the wrong camera and then he realizes that the other camera's on so he turns around and then it switches to the other camera. So he poses for the wrong camera twice. It's just a cavalcade of awfulness, this whole thing. The <laughs> the Ninja Turtle who we've revealed is Chris Champion. Of the new breed, so it's another crossover. It's a weird amalgamation of all promo but nothing favorites here. <laughs> it's a, like every all our paths are crossing. Everything's coming together
2: here. You're saying worlds are colliding, Michael. <laughs> worlds are colliding. <laughs>
1: uh, I like how Ken Wayne, who had a match just uh, moments before with Cowabunga, says, "Hey, I thought you were just another goof in a turtle suit, like." there's another goof in a turtle suit
2: there's more than one Yeah, it's probably three more right <laughs> Yeah, well, where were they at the end you mentioned that but here here's the here's the thing like you're, okay you're gonna do the turtle thing right right why don't you go all the way with it why isn't it a faction of four guys like, i think they did that in uh mexico oh it's, well uh, hey it's a dumb idea but i at least applaud them for going the whole way
1: and they did two in wwf there was a uh toxic
2: turtles yes i think wwe.com actually had an article about it uh, like fairly recently and
1: they were on a dvd like an un- unpublished whatever the unreleased dvd was with all these unreleased matches that was on there as well
2: barry hardy and dwayne gill right yes <laughs> so I, th- yes. I think pritchard talked about it on his podcast too
1: yeah he did he did uh so yeah Ch- chat me up about them toxic Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a uh, totally gnarly dude Bonga making his return to the promo of one Nothing. You've heard this promo of one Nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to thewpan.com. Alright, Brian, you're hitting the highways and byways. You actually are crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates?
2: I do, Mike, and I'll be very busy the next couple weekends. This Saturday night, I'm heading to New York City, the Big Apple. Wow. The Manhattan Center, mm-hmm. the Hammerstein Ballroom. For Manhattan mayhem, it'll be myself, the Beer City Bruiser, and Silas Young taking on Kenny King and two opponents of the fans choosing. Go to rhwrestling.com for full ticket card information and a vote for who's going to team with Kenny King. Do you have a preference? I'm, whoever it is going to lose. I don't care who wants to lose to us. All right. <laughs> the very next week, Mike, uh, I'll say this one, but I'm not on the pay-per-view, but Ring of Honor does have their their anniversary pay-per-view that are coming up next Friday night, the 9th. Uh, you can order that through traditional pay-per-view, or there are special deals uh, on Ring of Honor pay-per-views through Honor Club. So, uh, Also, I should mention, too, if uh, you're interested in watching Manhattan Mayhem live, uh, if you sign up for Honor Club, Manhattan Mayhem will stream live on Honor Club. I know you'll be watching it, Mike. I think so. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, Mike, the next night... I'll be heading to – I should mention it's in Las Vegas because the very next night I'll be in Las Vegas. Wow. March the 10th. We're in March already, huh? Yep. Crazy. March the 10th, I'll be in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada for Ring of Honors International TV taping. If you're in the area, Gerald Glassford, (laughs) that's the only person I know who lives in Las Vegas
1: wait doesn't uh, your buddy tom lawler live in vegas
2: he's ducking me he's not gonna oh, okay. show his face there oh no? okay <laughs> but uh yeah go to rohwrestling.com for ticket and card information that one of course won't be streaming because those episodes will be airing on ring of honor tv which by the way three of the next four weeks you might see a familiar face on ring of honor television so uh, wherever you get it in your area or on the fight tv app on monday nights look for uh, yours truly on uh several upcoming episodes of Ring of Honor television. On Nesson 2? You know, it's been pretty consistent lately. I think they moved it to, it's like Thursdays at like 2 o'clock or something. So it's been pretty consistent. A.M. or P.M.? P.M., like in the afternoon, like okay. on like Thursday afternoon. So it's been pretty consistent lately. So, uh, yeah. Right was before
1: actually... you watch General Hospital Watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Um, or just DVR it. There you go. Uh, but I, might, I, I gotta keep going here. I got lots of stuff oh, my going goodness. on. In, in Sorry March. to interrupt. March the 16th, the big one for chaotic wrestling. Cold Fury 17 just announced last night. Brian Malone's versus Brick Mastone, a grudge match of epic proportions. Go to chaoticwrestling.com for full card and ticket information. The very next night, Mike, I'll be heading out to Chicopee, Mass. Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. Check out Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling's uh, social media for full ticket and card information. The day after that, I'm heading to Bethany, Connecticut for Northeast Wrestling. Good gravy. Check northeastwrestling.com and their social media platforms for ticket and card information. Uh, And then, Mike, the 25th Beyond Wrestling, The Electric Haze in Worcester. Go to BeyondWrestlingOnline.com and find Beyond Wrestling on social media for ticket and card information. I have a busy month actually crisscrossing this great nation of ours, applying my trade as a professional wrestler.
1: All right. And if you want to keep on booking that kingpin up, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And of course, you can see him, as he mentioned, on Ring of Honor television fight tv app rohwrestling.com and you also on rohwrestling.com you can find the local listings see where roh is in your area all right kingpin we are back right here next monday for episode 98 of the wrestling podcast about nothing till then here's the kingpin brian malonis i'm mike crockett big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing